This is Inspector Toolbelt Talk. So welcome back, everyone, to another exciting episode of Inspector Toolbelt Talk. Today, we have on a repeat guest because I'm just excited to have him on again, just in general. Mike Crow, how are you, Mike? I am doing great. I'm excited to be here. I uh, just got back from a conference, and I have to tell you, I heard no less than, uh, I don't know, a dozen people tell us how much they enjoyed uh, our podcast, and uh, several people specifically said, hey, the podcast that you and Ian did was great. So uh, I'm kind of excited to be back and maybe see if we can help people again. Yeah, you know, it's actually one of our most listened to podcasts because I think you did a really good job of giving us very specific things to do. You didn't give us a broad idea of things. You said specifically, here's three (laughs) things you can do. And then here's the big idea of it. So a lot of guys really like the practical value of what you did. If you're listening and you don't know what we're referring to, go back. Oh man, it's probably been, I don't know how long ago, Mike, maybe six to 12 months ago, somewhere in there. Yeah. And um, it's titled as Mike Crow's name in the title, but it's about how to visit real estate offices and mark your, market yourself. And it was really, really valuable information. My big takeaway from that episode was walk into an office with a marketing anchor. Oh, boy. And uh, you'll know what we're talking about if you listen in on that. But today we're going to be talking about uh, something that's very close to my heart that I was telling you earlier, which is improving our report writing. And this is actually well requested with our listeners. And I actually teach a couple of courses on this, and there's a lot of different opinions and things like that, but I've been looking over the points that you want to share, and I'm super excited. Um, first, though, you just came back from a conference, and I want to mention that you actually have a conference coming up in February, a three-day conference, right? Yeah, we do. So uh, for 16-plus years, we used to do a conference. We uh, called it Three Days of Secrets Revealed, and uh, I was the founder for what uh, became known as Mastermind Inspector Community. I turned all that over to the members for, oh, I don't know, about three years ago, 2020, somewhere in there, 2019, 2020. And then uh, I needed to help my wife take care of her parent, and we they weren't doing well. They both passed away in 2021. And so now uh, we are going, and we've had so many requests. Uh, so we're going to start our show back up uh, in February. So they can go out to, uh, let's see, I've got it written right here. They can go out to coachblueprint.com slash mission. Like, you know, so the theme is going to be Blues Brothers, you know. I'm on a mission from God, all right? <laughs> uh, and uh, we're going to have a lot of fun with that. And uh, it, the truth is that the the whole thing is is like my ministry. Uh, this, is, this is where I just give back so that the industry hopefully can you know, have some of the information that's helped us grow, not one, but uh, two multi-million dollar companies and uh, and helped over 100 plus people build uh, million dollar companies. And if they want to stay a single man operation, you know, we have guys that have been doing 300 plus thousand per year as a single man operation because they learn not only what we talked about on that first podcast, but what uh, we're talking about today and what we'll talk about after that. You know, in fact, one of the things that we... Uh, I, I like to break things down to is before, during, and after. And I'm sure you've heard that because you're you're well-versed in, in, in the world of business. I don't think most people think of it that way. So that first podcast is kind of like a before, all right? Mm-hmm. What do you do before you get, what do you do to get inspections? You know, what do you do before that and everything? Uh, and now we're going to be talking about kind of what do you do during the inspection, especially with the report format and everything. And then at some point, what you and I can talk about is uh, maybe six months from now, okay, uh, or in February, they'll catch a part of it. You know, what do you do after the inspection? Because I don't think enough people really put follow-up, the right kind of follow-up in place. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm excited to see it all come to flourishing. So that's coachblueprint.com forward slash mission. Yep. Um, so learn about that. And I got to say, I said it on the show a couple of weeks ago, we have amazing people like you that have spent decades learning, hitting roadblocks, spending time, money, and sleepless nights learning things, and then you give it to us. You share (laughs) it with us. That just blows my mind. You know, it's this is stuff we should really, really take note of. So, okay. Yeah. Before, now let's talk about during. Right. So, report writing, that's a big one. And I I have reviewed thousands of reports. And when I was uh, teaching the report course, I taught with a couple of attorneys uh, and I had a couple of national home inspectors I collaborated on. And it's amazing the wide variation of reports out there. It's hard to find two reports that kind of, oh yeah, we do it the same way. Even two inspectors on the same team can kind of two different styles. Well, and we work very hard. We have like 20 inspectors. And so we work very hard trying to make sure all of our all of our inspectors are doing pretty much the exact same report. And 
even that's a challenge. Um, and we meet with those inspectors every week on training. Okay. Uh, and every week, one of the things we ask them is, all right, so what, name one macro key, which we'll talk about a little bit later, name one macro key, you know, and every inspector sitting around the table has to name one because we're trying to make sure they're all saying exactly the same thing. And, and here's the other thing is reports. So here's what's going to happen. You're going to get a couple of people going, well, I like my report because blah, blah, blah. Great. You know, mm-hmm. I, I found I, I, I don't talk about people's individual reports very much because it's like calling their girlfriend ugly and then they marry her. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a good analogy. <laughs> I, I never make anybody happy. And I tell people, I said, you know, after you've done 10,000 inspections, you come talk to me about your report. And there aren't very many, you know, and I've done over 10,000 inspections and, and my company's done over 100,000 inspections. There's there's very few people, you know, that have done that many. And so we, we're speaking from like, yeah, like you said, decades, 38 plus years of experience of reports. And we do 5,000 plus every single year now. Oh, wow. That's amazing. So you're definitely an authority on this. So I'd like to dig into some of the practical points because I'm sure there's some guys that have been asking for this subject for a long time that are chomping at the bit to hear it. So let's talk about probably one of the biggest questions, on-site versus later. Oh my gosh. All right. So let's go back in time. Should we make some eerie music like do 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 Okay. Oh, we can add that. <laughs> let's go back in time. You'll work on that. You can put some fun music in there. Uh, and let's say it's 1988, right? And most home inspectors were doing paper reports. In fact, some of them were just writing notes on a yellow pad and then ripping it off and handing it to people. That's where we... carbon paper. Oh, well, carbon paper came later. I'm just telling you. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, be back. <laughs> I'm talking about way back. Okay. Uh, and then eventually, yeah, we started doing our reports and uh, we started doing carbon paper. So, you know, I would go through. And by the way, one of the greatest inventions at the time, are you ready for this? Carbonless paper. Okay. Uh, (laughs) uh, I remember used to taking the reports apart and pulling the carbon paper out, you know? (laughs) Slow down, Mike. Slow down, Mike. It's overloading my brain. (laughs) Oh, I know. I know. But here's, here's what happened. All right. So if you were doing handwritten reports back then in the 80s, when were people getting their report? Yeah, yeah. Immediately, right? Oh, we're talking about everything. Oh, okay. Even the yellow sheet of paper, right? Oh, rip it off. Oh, there's the legal pad piece of paper. And it, it had all the notes on it that they needed and everything. So when we first started in business in 1985, we were like the first company to start producing, especially the only multi-inspector firm out there, producing uh, computerized reports on site. It made us different than everybody else. And what we had to compete with at that point was the guys doing the handwritten reports, doing the notes on the yellow pads or whatever, and giving people the information right then and there. I devised my computerized report system so that it would be simple, it'd be easy, and that I could finish it up on site and give it to them right then and there. Now, jump 30 years ahead, all right? Every inspector that's coming out of school, every inspector that's working on their report format, they're afraid, they're scared, they're nervous, whatever you want to call it, to give the report to somebody right then and there. They want to go home. They want to research it. They want to look this up. They want to look that up. They know it's going to take them an hour plus to do the report and some people two, three hours to do the mm-hmm. report, right? Uh, and, and, and then ship it to them that night or the next day. That has become an industry standard. Now, now let's put us into, um, hey, you go, you, you, you want to order something on Amazon, right? And, uh, boy, talk about being in a whole new age, right? You want to order something on Amazon. And it goes, hey, we can ship it to you today, and you'll have it by today, okay? Or we can ship it to you tomorrow or three days. Which one do you want? Yeah. Who doesn't want today? Uh, and if, if they said, hey, we deliver it within the hour, which one do you want? An hour or sometime today? And, and here's one of those secrets that I teach people. I call it S and A, Okay speed and accuracy. Any company that produces with speed and accuracy literally will rule the marketplace. It's why McDonald's is so successful. Do they have the best burgers? No. What they have is speed and for the most part, accuracy. Okay. Do they get every order right? Of course not. Okay. Just like saying every inspector never misses anything, right? Just, it's not going to happen. So when we do our reports, we try to make sure that we're doing it so that we're, we're able to give it to them with our company right there at the end of the inspection. And uh, and people go, well, I can't do that. It takes me three hours to produce the report. Well, then you need to, one, figure out how to make your report simpler, right? 
or make it so that you can do it faster. And uh, it's like anything, you you work at it and you measure it and it's going to improve. Okay. So, but you guys have a report, right? How soon can your report be delivered if, if people wanted to? Could they deliver your report on site? So we actually have quite a few users that do on-site reporting because if you use the correct software, you'll be able to take a picture, make a note, take a video, make a note, take a picture. By the time you're done, uh, people worry, well, I don't want to spend that much time on site. I'd rather spend 20 minutes extra on site making sure I get all my pictures in the section they already need to be in add all my notes in that section and now it's done. And I, we have a lot of users that use inspector tool belt that do uh, on-site reporting. I will admit, I am so thrilled to hear that. I will admit though, that I am one of those guys that likes to take it home, but for a different reason than you mentioned, my, my reports, unless there's a lot of very complex issues, I find I have to stop if there's complex issues and like, okay, let me make a note and then I'll go back and figure out how to write down all these crazy things. But for the most part, 99% of the time, my report's done on site. But I, uh, I, the reason I wait is I learned a valuable thing about perceived value that uh, people will tend to think, wow, I'll schedule my report to go out at midnight. So I'll, I'll go home, do a quick grammar check for five, 10 minutes and be like, oh, okay, maybe that picture isn't so great. And then I'll schedule it to go out like midnight or something. And they're like, wow, he's up late working on my report. So there's a measure of perceived value uh, that I that I work off of. But also a lot of my competitors do extremely well doing just what you said, saying, here's the report right now. And I've had agents ask me, they're like, okay, can I just have this now? If you have the information, why why am I waiting? So I definitely see your point. So here's the other thing is you could actually charge more the faster you deliver the report. Think about that, right? Uh, if if they took your blood test, right? They took a blood test at the doctor's office and you know it's going to go in and you'll get the blood test back the next day or maybe three days. Mm-hmm. And um, But if they said, or we could take it over here to the lab and we can have it done and you can have your report in an hour. But it costs $50 more. You know, depending on what I'm in there for, I'm going, hell yeah. You know, here's here's 50. Let me have this information now, right? And uh, so uh, I, I like the whole perceived value because I know a lot of people do that. And, and it does help, you know, make it look like you spend more time on it or, or make it uh, more valuable by the fact that you worked on it longer, harder and everything. But the world is really into, hey, I'll pay extra yeah. to get it quicker. Yeah. And uh, so so perceived value, right? If they're willing to pay more for it to get it faster, yeah. um, for me, all right, now, granted, and, and here's the other thing is, I know people that have built multi-million dollar companies, and they do not deliver it on site. They just simply don't. They, they do it that night, and they deliver it next morning. One of them, by the way, takes it to the offices the next morning, okay? Or they send it to the office uh, by uh, even uh, priority uh, delivery or whatever. Oh. And so that way it walks them into every single office that they do an inspection for the next morning, oh, right? okay. And, uh, and uh, boy, talk about being having a reason to be in the offices and, and different things. So that has worked really well for them, and they've built a multi-million dollar uh, inspection company off that. I just uh, know that. Uh, all right, so I want things when I, as soon as I can get it. Yeah, no, and I and I definitely see the value of your point, and that may be too where the industry is going as a whole. I'm just one of those guys, maybe that's a little slow to it because it's the same reason why we should have online scheduling and all this other stuff. We live in the era of DoorDash and Amazon next day shipping. So Amazon actually canceled my area's next day shipping for a while because they, the distribution center wasn't up and running. I about had a heart attack. I'm like, wow, talk about first world problems. I have to wait two days for my bag of coconut shavings instead of getting it now, you know? (laughs) All right. So what what state do you live in, Ian? I live in uh, upstate New York. Upstate New York. So you ever go to Disney World? Oh, yeah. Several times. All right. So I go, I'm a huge Disney fan and I'm a huge uh, uh, Universal fan. So so guess what happens if I go there, right? If I want to ride Resistance or whatever it is, the the latest, greatest ride, right? The line's two hours long. Mm -hmm. But I can pay this and move straight to the head of the line. All right, so Tron is their latest, greatest ride, okay? And I rode it recently while I was down there. It's a great ride, by the way. It's a great ride. Um, And uh, But I could spend $25, and I don't have to wait in that line. Mm -hmm. So, you know, but that's, that's the way the world is coming to in that. Now, I think our industry... 
I think our industry is moving away from delivering it on site. And it has been for the last 20 years uh, because people coming out of school and people getting new in the business and everything. And they don't, if they do it that night, then they might be able to squeeze another inspection in that day or whatever their reasoning is on that process and everything. But what I know is that people are willing to pay more the quicker they can get it. And I think you could offer that, I, not you, but I, I necessarily, but I think anybody could offer it. Hey, we could deliver the report on site. Uh, there is a $25, call it whatever you want, you know, speed of, speed of delivery on their report. You know, uh, Universal Studios literally charges more for their express pass than they do for the p- ticket into the park now. OK, it's mind boggling. The ticket into the park's like, I don't know, one hundred one hundred twenty five dollars. And their express pass is like two hundred plus dollars. And so and, and people are buying it. And uh, so, yeah, so on site uh, really works really well. It doesn't but you don't have to do it. But it is something that can make you completely different in the marketplace. That's interesting. And USPs are becoming hard to find nowadays. So yeah. I think that's a good example of a USP that might help us stand out. Good. And USPs, my wife would always say, you got to tell people what the, uh, the the letters stand for. You know? So unique selling points, you know, and and what makes our, our company better, different than everybody else. I'm going to move the camera over here slightly. So I'm looking at you. There we go. All right. There we go. All right. That way I'm not having to look off to the side and it looks like I'm not looking at you. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, no, you look great. All right. Thank you. <laughs> so um, moving on to a couple of other points, because a lot of that comes down to basically your routine and the report format and the photos. I'm going to put those into one group. What advice do you have for us as inspectors for those items? Well, the reason, one of the reasons I go into the whole routine thing is that one of the reasons people don't do it on site is because they take so long to do the inspection, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I just came back from InterNACHI's conference. I think they call it Pro Inspectors. And it was a great conference, by the way. And one of the things I did years ago with Ben Cromico was we went and inspected uh, the kitchen in his house. So the average inspector, especially new guys, take anywhere from 20 minutes, around 20 minutes to do the kitchen inspection. What well, takes me five or seven minutes to do it? And he was going, well, how is that possible? So we went and videoed it. Uh, you can go out on internachi.com, I guess, and probably find the video. Uh, but we just videoed it because I do everything at once, okay? I don't wait for the sink to fill. I don't wait for the oven to heat up. I don't wait for the microwave to finish. You know, it's all happening at once in that process. So it, that's our kitchen routine. Now take that routine and build it around your whole inspection. So it still takes us about an hour per thousand square feet to do the inspection, which we have found a very reasonable time frame. And the older the home, sometimes it takes longer. The newer the home, sometimes it takes less. And uh, But the routine is important. And so one of the reasons that people don't do the inspection report on site is because they make one huge mistake. They try to do all of the inspection, and then they try to do all of the report. Now, that's the most efficient way to do it. But the problem is, is that most people's brains cannot survive in limbo for more than 20 minutes, okay? The average person can't. And so if you do the whole inspection and then you sit down to do the whole report at about 20 minutes into the report, they're going, so uh, how much longer are you gonna be here? You know, uh, oh, oh, you're gonna be another 20 minutes? Well, I gotta go pick up the kids. I gotta go do this, I gotta go do this. So one of the reasons the routine is so important when I talk about doing your report and doing the inspection and everything is that you wanna first, you wanna arrive 30 minutes early, 30 minutes. Not 15, not an hour, 30 minutes. That's the sweet spot. I am all about sweet spots, by the way. And after you've done 10,000 inspections, you start figuring out some sweet spots. And when you've got 100,000 inspections in your company, you start figuring out them even better when you start training other people and setting that up. So in 30 minutes, we take a look at the roof, the foundation. Uh, we get our paperwork ready. If you do other stuff like termite inspections, we get that started and done uh, all, of, all of that at once, okay? Uh, and so it works out really well. And then we put some information in the report. Then we go do the kitchen, usually hopefully the buyer's there by then. Then we go do the kitchen and we put a few notes in the report. Then we go do the master bathroom and master bedroom. And by the way, on the way there, we turn the temperature and set the temperature for the heating and air conditioning and set that, right? Uh, And then then we come back and uh, we put some notes in the report, right? And then we go to the other bathrooms, the other bedrooms uh, and the living room and check the AC or heat, which depending on what time of year it is, then we go put a few notes in the report. And then we go and check, uh, you know, like the garage and the attic and, and maybe do what I like to call seconds. You know, there's some things you do during the inspection, you go back and check a second time, like 
your dishwasher, uh, your oven is still probably running. Uh, go check the water meter. Uh, you turned on the shower earlier. Go check the shower outside again. So you go do these, what I call seconds, and then you put a few notes in the report. And after this, you tell folks, you know, I'm almost done with the inspection. And I'm going to need maybe five or 10 minutes and I'm going to finish up the report and I'm going to go over the report with you. And so the reason I can do the report on site is not because I do the whole inspection, do the whole report, and then I go over it with them is because I do the whole inspection in between different segments. I put notes into the report and they don't feel they don't feel how long it takes to do the report. And that's why the routine is so important. But you, you've got to have a place where you start, where you finish, and you've got to know at which points that you put notes into your report and uh, so that people don't think, they don't even think that you're spending 30, 45 minutes uh, or an hour on the report if that's what it takes. Does that make sense? That makes total sense. And I've often told when I've taught courses on report writing the same thing, that if you take all of, uh, people like to say, and if you do this, that's fine. That That's your thing. I like to take all of my <laughs> pictures and I like to do all my stuff, and then I go write my report separate from the inspection. I've always found that to be problematic, because what if you hit a spot in the report, you're like, did I test the outlets in that room? Right. Oh, no. Which one of the rooms had the, the bootleg <laughs> neutrals? And all of a sudden, yeah. we're forgetting. And especially if you've done three, two, three inspections that day, the time yep. you sit down to write a report, I know personally, that's all starting to you know get all mushed around in my head. So I, I'm the same way. I have the same routine. And I train my agents and my clients, and I even say in my driveway speech, I have a routine. I want to do a great inspection for you. If you have questions, write them down and ask them when we get to that section. And if I haven't answered it at the end of the inspection, ask them then. But uh, try to keep me in my routine. And actually, people always appreciated it. And I would, I'm not going to describe my whole routine, but in between each section, I would say, hang on, let me write a few notes down. Mm -hmm. And I guess there's also the importance of canned comments. Oh, yeah. Well, we're going to talk about that here in a little bit, canned or, or macros or whatever you want to call them. But, yeah. boy, they speed up everything. Uh, and, you know, I, I, use, uh, I used to do an asterisk in front of them. Now, keep in mind, I was doing computerized reports before Microsoft Word, <laughs> okay, uh, before there was any computerized reports. So I had this software and this software. I had to combine the two to create those macro notes. And so it used to be an asterisk and then two or three letters and then you know, three letters most of the time, and then it would put it into the report. And now uh, with Microsoft Word, we use autocorrect and we create those. But you have all this set up in your system, right? So they don't even have to do that, right? Yeah. So we have what are called uh, quick comments. So you can write a full comment if you need to on site. Uh, and we have an option where you can save that comment to your library or to that template. Um, but we have like, I recommend people say put five or 10 quick comments. Like if you're in your bathroom electrical, you're going to say GFCI was not functional at time of inspection, probably a hundred times a week. So, you know, just put that, those kind of comments in there. And then we have a comment library where you can have, let's say you have 10,000 comments or 400 comments. You can just quick start typing them yep. and it'll bring up all the comments. You have one word you write, or you type in GFCI. It'll bring up every comment that you have that says GFCI. If you want to narrow it down at a second word inside of, um, I, I, I have used in the past because we had to create our own software, our own software, not our own software, our own report format. And so we used Microsoft Word. So we used uh, like autocorrect. Uh, and so now we type in, for instance, like GFCIs, we type in Z, which says, okay, this is a macro key. And then we type in E, which goes electrical. And then we can type in MG. And basically that means missing GFCI. So when I'm taking a note, all I got to do is write down four letters. I don't even have to. And, and if I want to say, you know, if it's for the whole house, then, you know, I, I say that or if it's for, you know, outside or whatever, then I can just write outside next to it uh, and do that as well. Uh, but with the new software systems like you have, you type in whatever and it brings up all the GFCI notes and they click on that and they put it in. So as, as long as they have, I would high, I would recommend that if they're going to use those quick comments like that or macro keys or can notes, that they give those an easy way, fast way for them to uh, market on their notes when they're going through the inspection report. That speeds up the whole inspection as well. And, uh, and, and, and if they're typing the report up as they go, boy, that makes it even easier and faster. Yeah. And I tell you, um, more complicated issues have become a lot quicker to write. We have an AI integration. Wow. So you can actually say, um, so I actually tested it out. I have a hydronic heating unit and I wanted to tell it that the firebox 
was cracked and needs to be evaluated by an HVAC contractor. So I wrote white box hydronic unit crack. It wrote 99% of a beautiful comment. And I just went in and it said, it didn't call it firebox. It just said white box. So I changed it to firebox. And now I had a, I looked it over. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is perfect. So complicated issues become a lot easier to write when we step out of maybe our comfort zone. We don't, we don't want to just shove stuff out there that we punched into AI and right. we want to look it over, but Wait, for sure, sometimes I would agonize for like 20, 30 minutes of, okay, how can I explain this issue? Ask AI to explain it and it can get you some of the way there. That's why I love macros so much. Now imagine it's not just you, but you have six inspectors and you want them all basically to say the same thing, right? Uh, and so by having uh, by having a macro and or a can, all you have to do is say, hey, we're putting this macro in place. And every inspector you have says it almost identical uh, to the same thing. And uh, it's the, the macros has probably been the number one biggest thing that's allowed me to be able to run a multi-inspector firm. Uh, and and create a certain amount of consistency across the board with our report. Yeah, anybody who has a multi-inspector firm, I agree with you. You should have your macros slash canned comments down super tight. You do not want all of your guys saying things slightly differently because that'll get you in hot water. I do want to go uh, off the script here a little bit. I wanted to ask you, actually, what are your thoughts on writing your report in past tense or present tense? Oh, my goodness gracious. Uh, I almost always write it, I think, in present tense. Uh, it's something that I fixed so long ago, I don't even think about it now, okay? Uh, but so here's the statement is, so it's got to be present tense. Caulking repair is recommended for the shower enclosure uh, due to, you know, missing grout. I guess that's present tense, right? So I write it in present tense because that's what I'm seeing. That's what I see when I'm there, okay? So think about that. I'm writing it because I'm standing there looking at it. So I'm writing in present tense. I guess those guys that have this problem are sitting at home writing the report that night, you know, because now they're not there. Otherwise, so that seems to them like past tense. But uh, this is what I saw. This is what I'm seeing. And so here's here's the situation. And so I do present tense. Uh, I get that they want to do it past tense. I don't really think it makes that big a difference. Uh, but this is but think about what we say all the time, right? This is what I saw at the time of inspection. That's present tense, you know, um, and uh, uh, if uh, you write it past tense, that changes the whole perspective, I guess, a little bit. It's the same. I don't think it makes a big difference, honestly. You know, it's a hotly contested point, and I could never get any of the attorneys to agree on it. When I, I write in past tense, but I could never get any of the attorneys to agree on it. So I based it off of uh, an article that Internashi had years ago, and there was a court case where um, I've often said you have to write your report, report to the lowest denominator. Unfortunately, you have to you have to assume that somebody in the room reading your report cannot think of themselves out of a paper bag if you put them to it. So a lady actually took an inspector to court. Uh, it may have been even an engineer or something, uh, but there was a report on something that said your heating unit is in good working order. So the court case went on and on and on. And her thing was, it says it is in good working order. And the inspector's like, well, it was. And the whole attorney's defense was, yeah, but that can be construed as a guarantee by someone who's not intelligent enough to understand this. <laughs> so one of the things I do, I guess, to offset that is is that uh, uh, the heating and air conditioning unit is performing function as intended at this time. Yeah, perfect. So. I, I don't know if that's past tense or present tense, I, but at this time, I guess it's present, right? Yeah, and I'm not saying um, any way is right, because you've done so many inspections, 5,000 a year, and you're working, and that's working for you? That says a lot to me. So I, I was just kind of curious, because I, I have that debate a lot with home inspectors, so that's interesting. Well, and I think, uh, like you said, uh, look, one of the reasons I have the macros, one of the reasons I teach the macros to my inspectors so much is to tell them, we have done 100,000 inspections. Do you want to write it yourself and risk getting it wrong? Or would you like to write it the way I've written it that I know that if I have to, I could defend it in court for you? Okay. Which one do you want to do? <laughs> I think I'll write it your way. Okay. <laughs> yeah. There's something to be said about uh, not trying to fix something that is not only not broke, but has been proven successful for 100,000 times. You know, I've been to court twice, three times. Most of the time it never gets to court. 
Uh, and I've won every time. And I've won every time. You know, that's cool. But I will tell you that one of the cool things that's happening out there is um, there are some insurance companies uh, out there. And uh, and one of the things that I suggested years ago that they are doing now is they all have on staff attorneys. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, that are helping uh, help them. Uh, so. Um, do I get in trouble if I mention any particular insurance companies? Because I don't want to I don't want to cross a line here. No, go for it. Yeah, no, go for it. As long as you're saying good things. Yeah, we love it. Uh, so, uh, so there's Isaac, who I love, uh, who runs OREP. He's been on the show twice. Yeah, he's been on the show twice. Oh, was he on your show? I, I suggested it. Good. Uh, I love Isaac. Oh, yeah. He puts out that great magazine, Home Inspector magazine and everything. Yeah, we're contributors to that magazine. Uh, yeah, I'm a regular contributor as well. And I love Isaac. I just sat and had a whole conversation with him about what I thought in his, one of the next great articles would be uh, on inspections as well. But he now has an attorney on staff to take care of all of those things. Right. Uh, and then and then and then, of course, there's uh, uh, Internachi has their their uh, insurance as well. I think it's elite uh, MGA uh, and they've got Joe Dimler as the attorney on staff. Right. And uh, while I was at the conference, I said hi to uh, Joe. Uh, we just had somebody go crazy on us last week. And Joe looked at it and went, no, no, I got this handled. God, I love that. Okay. Uh, and Isaac said that his guys can do exactly the same thing. So uh, I was very impressed with both of them. Uh, and But you do. You have to write your report knowing it might show up in court. But it's even better if you write your report knowing that, then you write your report helping make sure it doesn't show up in court you know, in court either. Very true. So I'm going to throw something out there that I still hear inspectors say. And in this day and age, I started about 20 years ago and guys would always say, never put pictures in your report. (laughs) I still, in this, I know, right? In this day and age, I'm like, we're putting videos and drone photos in. And I still have guys saying, I don't want to put a photo in there. That's liability. I'm like, well, that's like saying, I want to still do a handwritten report. Okay, I'm sorry. That's how that's how bad that idea is. You know, I would never hire an inspector that didn't give me photos. Exactly. And by the way, I made that mistake early on. Oh, photos. Oh, no, that's bad. Oh, no, that does this. Oh, that says things I don't expect to say uh, and different things. And uh, I lost a good 10 percent of business one year because I had a competitor add those and then the other guy didn't. And I will tell you, the next step is kind of what. So your software allows you to put video in, right? Oh, yeah, video. Yeah. And so I just came back and there was a real estate agent was going, really? Why are you guys not using video right now? And I'm sitting coming back because I don't use a lot of video, a little bit maybe, but I don't really use a lot. And uh, he was going, I love video, especially when there's water running from somewhere mm-hmm. and, you know, you can see it dripping. And you can't see that in a picture a lot of times. And he actually said one of the things that he really liked. Uh, that I don't do at all is a video summary. Oh, so uh, and he said he said yes, your buyers are there, and maybe you go over it with them. He said, but I would love a video summary. He said, so imagine you you pumped on Zoom and or whatever it is, but Zoom pumped on Zoom and you did your your report with the buyers, but it Zoom records it, and then you send me that recording. He said, boom, done. Mike, I think you just gave me the most glorious point on a podcast uh, as of late. That is beautiful. Anybody who's listening, just rewind and listen to that, especially for our ITB users. Have a little card at the end of your report that says video report summary. Put in a little short video saying, here's what I found. Please read the entire report. But the two major issues here was the Northwest Foundation corner and the, the rear deck and as you examine those pictures, you can even walk and show them real quick and here's those issues and uh, thank you very much for choosing ABC Home Inspections. Holy cow. I love that. Why, right. I wish I had thought of that before. That's a, that's awesome. Well, and, you know, but it's one of the reasons I attend every conference and I go listen. And they had a great speaker uh, at the uh, uh, InterNACHI conference and it was an agent. And, you know, most agents, I get a little tired of hearing them because they they want to throw us under the bridge. This guy was saying, hey, here's what I need as an agent to make sure I can help my buyers appreciate your report. And uh, so he did a great job with that. Oh, that's awesome, man! I I get excited sometimes <laughs> on the podcast, and that one's like I've never thought of that. I love I love this stuff. Okay, cool. So photos and videos, put lots of those in. It really dresses up a report. I like to have general photos, and then uh, I have three sets of photos. I have general photos where I'll show the outside of the house. 
Um, I'm very careful not to put pre- people's personal items in photos. Be extremely yeah. careful. Yeah. You will end up in court because you took a picture of some guys. Of their jewelry on their desk. Oh, my gosh. Right. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. But um, I would have those photos, general photos, and I would have defect photos. And then I would have CYA photos. Those I keep personal hmm. in my device, and then they go on Dropbox. And that, But you don't put them on the report. No, no. Like I have one um, years ago. Uh, there was a little tiny fridge in the basement, and they even said, they said, oh, man, my client has like six grand worth of wine in there. There was like, I don't know, half a dozen bottles. I'm like, that's some expensive wine. So as I leave a house, I take pictures and video as I leave the house all the way into my vehicle, and I turn the video off as I start to drive down the road. And uh, people made fun of me for that, uh, but it saved me a bunch of times. Uh, but this one in particular, they said, you turned off the fridge. You unplugged it. You owe us six grand. So I actually just said I had a picture of the fridge on as I walked out the door and there were still people in the room. And I said, here you go. The sellers that were trying to sue me ended up recommending me to their employees. And they said, this guy knows his stuff. Yeah, he put us to shame. And I'm like, wow, okay. <laughs> so can, can I, I, I'm probably going to hurt somebody's feelings here. I'm, I'm good at that, by the way. Do it. Let's see what happens. Can we talk a little bit more about photos real quick? Yeah, please. So the average inspector puts 30, 40, 50 photos in their report. Mm-hmm. Okay. I use on average 12 to 18. Okay. Okay. And again, it kind of goes to speed and accuracy, right? How much, how much time does, does it take to put photos in the report? And Jonathan, my uh, son, who uh, runs our inspection company here, he's our general manager, he was sitting next to an agent at one point, an inspector was up there and he goes, I take over 100 photos of every inspector. And the agent leaned over and goes, what the hell am I going to do with 100 photos? <laughs> you know, and Jonathan went, I don't know, man. I, there's no way we're taking 100 photos in the report. Now, if you want to take 100, like you say, CYA and, and store them so that people can't say, you know, whatever. Uh, I'm perfectly fine with that. I think it's it's helped us twice out of the last 10 years, and eh, maybe that's worth it. I don't know. Uh, but uh, so we, the simpler you can keep it, the the better for basically everybody involved. I will say this. I am one of the guys that takes a lot of photos because I'm OCD, <laughs> but I will say that keeping the report simple yeah. is something that's very important and that we have forgotten as an industry because uh, some of the reports that I have reviewed my eyes roll in the back of my head and guys will tell me, oh, people love how long and complex my reports oh, are. Yeah. And I'm like, yes, because when I go to my appraiser and he hands me a hundred page report and I don't know how much my house is worth. Mm-hmm. Again, we'll hurt some people's feelings, but I'm like, if you want to have all that detail, that's fine. Make the meat of the report simple because that's what we do. Uh, one of our guests said uh, on our podcast one time, we bridge a gap between technical and human. Right. I'm not an appraiser. I don't know all the details of where they're getting their data and stuff. I've had some say, here's the big long thing in a PDF, but here's the one page thing of here's my comps. Here's how much I think your house is worth. Awesome. But sometimes our reports get over the top and I have not been able to figure out what the defects were on some reports. I'm a professional inspector. If you and I can't figure it out, how's our client going to know, okay, this is what I need to do next. And I guess that kind of exactly. comes down to one of your other points of summary pages. Oh, I, I was so glad you were hitting that because I was just sitting here going, you know how some inspectors said, oh, I don't put photos in because blah, blah, blah. The other one that was a huge debate for probably 20 years in the industry, I don't think it is as much anymore. Is the, no, I think most people do it. Yeah, and most people do it now is the summary page, right? Oh, I don't want to do a summary because they won't read the rest of the report. Oh, I don't want to do a summary because if I put it in the report, but I don't put it in the summary, then, you know, and, and all of those are just excuses, honestly. But even even if you do a 60 page report, which heaven help you if you do, then you deserve every painstaking moment it takes you to produce that puppy. OK. Oh, you don't want to know how long mine are. <laughs> <laughs> but. But your buyer, you can't put them through that painstaking time factor, okay? You need to be able to go, hey, here's your supporting document. Hey, here's two pages at best, you know, on uh, the summary of this. And and then, even then, you want to make sure the biggest thing I learned on summary is you want to break it down per category. Plumbing and electrical and all of this. Uh, And we used to do a summary, and it was just like one long list. And um, the agents came to us and went, Mike, 
you know, I have to go through and hunt out and heaven help me if I miss something, you know, to give to the plumber. Couldn't you just break it down that way? And once we started doing that, I mean, that changed everything for everybody. Um, and our page, our summary is probably a page and a half at most 90% of the time. You know, I used to say one page and my son said, please stop saying that. <laughs> he said, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny, too, with the summaries um, that for a lot of people, for the agents is the entire report. As the agents put it to me, we don't care about the rest. And they're like, we're not trying to be a jerk. But they said, your whole report is the summary. So one thing I see people leave out of the summary are the photos. Our app actually has an option where you can leave the photos out of the summary because so many people ask. And I'm like, why? Because agents have said, what? I don't want to have to look at the summary and go, what does he mean by hydrostatic pressure in a foundation wall? Wow. And then go rifling wow. through the report and look for a crack. Just yeah. tell me what it is. Show me a picture. Well, and we, we kind of do that slightly different. And this is one of those areas where I do it the way I want to just because it, it's easier for me on the report. And there's very few things I do that way. But I, I will put that note in and then I will put see photo. And all of my photos are summarized all together at the back of the report as well. OK, uh, that way they don't have to go hunting through the report to, to find it. I can even say see photo number 10 or whatever. OK, and they they flip over and then all the photos six to a page are all right there. And they go number 10. Oh, OK. And then I put a little statement under that as well, uh, you know, so that they, they know that's what they, they know the two are connected. But then they're not rifling through the whole report for that. Right. They're not having to the whole report. And that's the point. It's like, oh, all right, it's, you got a hundred page report. So you're absolutely correct. The summary is so important. It's the whole report. If we view it as that and realize this is the whole report, how easy is it? Because that's what it is to the agent. How easy it is, is it for them and my client to get to that and then to disseminate the information? Do we have 18 paragraphs of CYA information to talk about a crack in the foundation. Can we just state the problem, what they do next, and what could happen if they don't fix it, and then leave all that other CYA information in the report? Because it does just as much good for us there as it does in the summary. Well, and I think I, I love this whole video summary idea, which is oh, one yeah. of the things that I think is the next step for all of us. Uh, and, and by the way, vast majority of inspectors aren't going to do it. But imagine you get to listen to it or hear it, and, and they say, do, do you really want to try to go through the whole report? No, you only want to go through the summary with the video summary. I mean, that kind of makes sense, right? But, you know, you, you go through and go, okay, here are the top things that you need to know uh, on the uh, the structure of the home, say the foundation and the roof. And, uh, okay, here are the top things you need to know about electrical. And you could break it down even that direction. I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a great thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to institute it. I, I love that idea. And it kind of puts into question if we can actually summarize the house. Because I think sometimes that's a that's a problem. Like uh, if we start to make a video and it turns into a four, five, six, seven minute video to give them the main points, maybe we don't know how to give information concisely. Yeah. So we can step back and say, can I say, hey, here's a deck. Here's a bunch of issues. Here's a couple of examples. Please see the report. But here's a section of the foundation that I was talking about. Can we do that in 30 seconds? Now, I mean, obviously, there's going to be some horror houses where it's like, how easily can I say tear this thing down and run to the hills? We call those the houses from hell, you know, and and uh, when you've done 10,000 inspections, I've seen more than my fair share of pieces of junk. Um, and so, yeah, uh, it's a uh, it's an interesting thing. The the one thing I want to do is make sure is that if my inspectors start doing video summaries is that they're still saying what we taught them to write, you know, uh, otherwise they're going to say, and by the way, I don't think the foundation is a real big problem. That's not what the note says. That's not what the note says, you know. Uh, but, you know, that's what people say we say all the time. We just wrote up a house that had this problem, this problem, this problem. Uh, and, uh, uh, and, and, the, and the buyer is saying, oh, well, the inspector told me no less than eight times. That was no big deal. That's not what the note says. And he goes, well, that's not what your inspector said. You know, so uh, we still have to be careful. We'll have to train inspectors how to do that part and make sure that they stay congruent. And um, that's a very good warning. And I appreciate that. Uh, a lot because I think um, a lot of us are a little bit looser with our words than we are in writing. But we're actually getting close to our, our time here, uh, Mike. I wanted to go over something that in the information that you sent me, you just simply wrote magic words. What do you mean? Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, there's bad magic words and good magic words, right? Okay. So there's a lot of words out there that were taught at one point, and they were taught by people with good feelings and everything. 
but uh, but again, this real estate agent was talking, and I and and all of this is built off of things out there. For instance, and uh, inspectors are taught to use the word appears, right? Agents literally hate the word appears. Okay. Uh, and so uh, what I did was to go back to good magic words. I rephrased that to uh, there is there are indications of evident by. I just said appears, but I said it in such a fashion that I that I put factual material behind it. Right. There are indications of water penetration into the garage conversion evident by, um, you know, water stains on the carpet tack strip along the, you know, the, the front wall, whatever. All right. Uh, and the, everybody goes, oh, OK, that makes sense. But if you said there's it appears that there's water penetration, it, it's almost like CYA and agents hate CYA language. They hate it. Um, and so getting rid of that word. Uh, the other word uh, that uh, uh, I don't know. Do you know Alan Carson? Uh, great guy. He's been in the industry as long as I have. Only in passing. Not not intimately. No, uh, I think he's still alive. <laughs> I'm just joking. But anyway, if he's uh, listening. <laughs> uh, he's a, He's running a multi-inspection firm up out of Toronto. Great guy. Created a lot of the stuff that uh, our industry still uses today. And, most, and I was listening to him speak one time, and he went, agents hate the word monitor. Uh, there are indications of blah, 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 blah. Uh, recommend you monitor this. Okay? And he's going, and, and the agent's going, how do I do that in four days? Between the time of your report and the time of, and so he said it creates this big, type of different situations. And so stay away from the word monitor. Now, I'm going to get real personal, and I got people all over this that are going to hate this. You're going to get all kinds of negative comments. Okay. I don't believe in using north, south, east, and west in a report. Okay. You know, actually, I think you have most inspectors agree with you because we, act in our in our inspection app, um, a lot of inspectors said, we don't like to use that because nobody's walking around with a compass. Can't you say... Uh, because we have uh, location tags. So we actually added a bunch of location tags of saying front, back, upstairs, downstairs. That's brilliant. That's exactly. And so, uh, uh, and, and I have people all the time go, oh, well, I tell them the house faces east. Well, you better be damn right if, you, if it doesn't. If it faces northeast, you're in trouble, buddy. I'm just telling you. So, uh, yeah, so we, we try to teach our guys front of house, rear of house, bedroom side of house, garage side of house, whatever we have to do, first bedroom, you know, middle bedroom, second bedroom, rear bedroom, rear corner bedroom, whatever we have to do, you know, to try to help make sure uh, some of that. So those are some of the, like I call them, the bad magic worlds uh, out there. And let me kind of scoot down here to uh, some of the, what I consider the good magic words. So I started teaching my inspectors years ago to add certain little words in there uh, to make things go smoother. My my favorite word is help, okay? Recommend that this be caulked or this be changed to help prevent water penetration. Uh, because sometimes you do all that, it's still going to leak, <laughs> okay? And and uh, just because it's built wrong and you can't see it. But when we put the word help in there, that help, that is an amazing thing. Uh, one of the things I've learned as an inspector, uh, you, you said the shower leaks. Where's the, where's the leak coming from, right? Well, most inspectors don't want to answer that question. I try to teach them to answer the question with percentages. Well, you know, due to the amount of water that we're seeing here, um, I think there's probably a 20% chance that it's coming from caulking and grouting. Uh, there's a 70% chance that it's coming from, you know, the fact that uh, the shower pan may leak. Now, understand, I can't tell you whether there's a shower pan there or not, but there's a 70% chance that it's coming from uh, the a leaking shower pan or maybe no shower pan. There's a 5% chance it's coming from the plumbing inside the wall. And so when you turn the shower on, and, and so maybe there's a leak inside the wall. And there's a 5% chance, by the way, if you've been adding things up, I'm like at 105% now. If there's a 5% chance, it's coming from somewhere completely different than the shower. Uh, I, I hate it when you've got a, a bathtub here, right, and a shower here, and, and you write up the shower's leaking. I've done that, by the way, twice, all right? Oh, the there are indications the shower's leaking evident by such and such. And they test the shower, and they test the shower, and they test the shower, and it's not leaking. And it's coming from the tub, okay? Uh, and so you got to be very careful, but percentages work really great. Another word I love, and this took me years to figure out, was the word mainly, okay? Uh, there is poor drainage mainly along the rear of the house. Now, we added that word mainly because we told them there was poor drainage along the rear of the house, and they had some structural engineer come out and go, well, yeah, but there's some drainage on the side of the house, and there's drainage on the front corner of the house, and you should have them pay because they didn't tell you about all the bad drainage. And we went, oh, are you kidding me? 
And that, that $3,000 mistake uh, made me go, let's put the word mainly in here. And so that is like one of my favorite words of all time. These are magic words that keep, these. this is what I call my $10,000 words. These are things that will save you $10,000 at some point and might help you if you have to go to a courtroom and they go, well, you didn't tell him, Mr. Crow, about the poor drainage on the front, did you? You didn't tell him about the poor drainage on the side. I said, no, sir. I told him that the main problem was along the rear of the house, okay? And I said, the poor drainage mainly here. I didn't say there wasn't others. I'm just telling you this was the one I was really concerned about, okay? And then, of course, we talked about front of house, rear house. We talked about indications of blank, evident by blank. I can write anything. I can write everything up using that phrase. Now, I, I tell our guys, I don't really want to see that in a report more than three times, but I can write anything up with that. Um, and here's one of the things that I love uh, that the agent also said at the meeting, and they said, uh, uh, use the word recommend. And he said, don't use the word something else. And I don't remember what it was, but he said a recommendation is so much easier. Oh, he, he was actually talking about refer, uh, you know, giving a, a referral to someone. He said, I recommend somebody instead of I refer somebody. A referral. Negligent referral cases are, are bad. Uh, get, get you in trouble. Here's, here's one that will save people $10,000 plus. I, and by the way, at the beginning of this, you're going to tell them they want to make sure they hear this part about the magic words at the end, because th this is worth every dollar they've spent this year on education, okay? And uh, so the shower has some caulk and grout that needs to be fixed and everything, right? Well, the shower guy's going to tell them, oh, you need to pull all that out and we need to redo all that. I can tell you there's going to be water stains inside and, and all this other stuff, right? Uh, and so I created this phrase. Uh, recommend that uh, uh, caulk and grout for the shower enclosure to help prevent, you can see how these start stacking, to help prevent water penetration. And uh, and then what we say, underlying conditions are not visible at this time, unable to determine underlying condition. Okay. Uh, and uh, boy, I mean, that has just saved me on shower after shower after shower, where somebody wants to build, rebuild the whole shower, just because I told him it needed some caulking repair. Right. Uh, and so there's that. The other one, big one that I love uh, is that you go do a shower inspection and then you go into the master bedroom closet, right? And you pull up a little bit. And I want to be very careful here. You pull up a little bit. I had one guy go, oh, yeah, I pulled the carpet all the way back. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> OK, I pulled the carpet back a little bit and I tell and I can tell that the, there's been leaks from the shower in the past. Right. And so I run the shower and I test the shower. Maybe even I, you set it up so the shower fills up two or three inches and there are no leaks whatsoever, right? And so I go, okay, there's no problem. And I just walk away, right? No, you put that on the report. And I learned this, uh, and this is worth gold right here. There is a past indication of a water leak from the main uh, master bath shower, uh, evident by uh, water stained carpet tack strips in the master bedroom closet. However, there were no indications of leaks at this time. So that past indications of, that's really where I came up with the whole indications of evident by was because after you have to go out to a house three, four, five, six times and, and explain to a person and a person and another person and another person that yes, the shower probably did leak at some point, but it doesn't leak now. Oh, by the way, notice the bottom three parts of your shower here have been redone because the towels are slightly different colors. And uh, but they have the carpet replaced and the carpet guy goes in and he pulls the carpet and he goes, oh, you know, our carpet, the warranty will not apply to you because your shower leaks. He doesn't know if the shower leaks. All he sees are the past indications. So by putting that in there, uh, that has saved us more than we can possibly say. Last one here real quick trying to say things at a sixth grade reader level, okay? Uh, most people read, including myself, for fun at a sixth grade reader level because it's easy, it's fast, and, you know, big words, uh, well, they mess up my mind. What can I tell you? I, I tell people that English is my first language, you know, spelling is like a second language, grammar is like a third language, and vocabulary is like a fourth language to me, <laughs> okay? But I, but I have found out this is true with everybody. So when you want to say things like uh, the freeze board, First off, you know what the you know what the first thing they're going to tell us in when they say freeze board on a report is? They're going to wonder what board is frozen. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes, and or they're going to say, you know, you spelt that wrong, okay? Uh, because it's spelled E I in that kind of freeze board, and they're going to go and and then they're going to say, by the way, can you tell me what a freeze board is, right? But if we say, you know, uh, wood trim, everybody gets that. All right, everybody gets that. If you say capillary tube. 
great. Okay, nobody knows what a capillary tube is. And by the way, anybody listening, if you don't know what a capillary tube is, yeah, go study that. It's it's a fun thing. All right, and and most people don't even know what part of the uh, what piece of equipment that goes on nowadays. All right, but if you say the evaporative coil, or if you say the condenser coil, I guarantee you that ninety percent of homeowners have no idea which is which. So if you say the outside AC unit, if you say the inside AC unit, boom, they get it. So by keeping our report at a sixth grade reader level, you know, I used to read my kids some of the notes and I would go, do you understand what this means? And they would go, uh, can you tell me what that means? I go, okay, let me rewrite that. Okay. Um, and of course I was teaching them, but I was also learning, keep it simple. Okay. I like to say kiss, keep it super simple. I hate the word stupid. So keep it super simple. You know, we've had a lot of fun here. I honestly could talk for hours about this. I love this. This is normally a two hour topic for me, just so you know. So I actually want to touch on that. We we have to uh, close out the show, but you actually offer that if anybody wants this information, you have an entire slideshow about it. You can get it at membercare at coachblueprint.com. Email membercare at coachblueprint.com. And I think uh, you want on the subject line, just put report blueprint and ask for this show. Yeah, so put report blueprint in the subject line. I'll be glad to see if, I, and I'm almost sure I've got five of them, but I'll be glad to give them a, you know, a uh, audio of me teaching this class from start to finish. And honestly, we covered a lot of all the information here today, uh, but they'll get some stories and a little bit more colorful, you know, language probably on uh, some of the, how, how these things came to be and different things. Also, you and I should do a, uh, we should do a podcast at some point on the, uh, what I call my 17 point introduction, uh, because we, we talked a little bit about the routine and everything, but having the right introduction at the beginning of the inspection, uh, the driveway speech, that's the best. Oh yeah. You know, uh, your curb speech, whatever you want to call it. Um, we, we call this, uh, an open loop. All right. So there you go. Uh, in the near future, you'll get to hear me and Ian talk about <laughs> driveway speech is the most important part of any inspection, in my opinion. So I love that. Let's get that on the books and let's talk about that. Yeah, it really is. We'll have fun. We'll have fun with that. And uh, so there's a there's a lot of great things. And here's the thing that I've learned today is one, you offered a, an inspection report and it's got built into it, the macros and, and all that good stuff. Yep. Our software is um, totally built. It's built to inspect like I inspect, basically. So, and I found out that a lot of guys like to inspect like that. And we have a, we have a bit of a following. It's nice. We're doing well. Well, that's good. And and here's the thing is your report can be delivered on site if you want it to, right? Oh yeah. We have lots of guys that do it. You got a lot of guys doing that. And so you've got the macros, you've got the ability to put video in, which is the next coming wave uh, inside of inspection reports. Um, and of course, photos and, and you've got the summary page. And so your report basically sounds like it's got all of the pieces and, uh, I don't do, I don't study anybody's inspection reports anymore because we we had fun for a little while. I said, send me your inspection report and plan on me making it so you hate me, okay? Uh, because, like I said, you know, I'm sorry, but this is ugly. You know, this is bad. Oh, this is terrible. And uh, you, I, why would you do this? And you know, and and by the way, one of the mistakes people used to make was they would break their notes down by um, by bedrooms or by rooms. And I go, please don't do that, okay? Uh, break it down by systems. It's the only good way to really do your report. You know, does it require a plumber? Great, then put it all together. And then people would tell me, oh, it's not by rooms. And I go, well, the kitchen seems like it's a room to me, you know? And they go, well, you know what I mean. <laughs> no, no. You know, call it by systems. Call it appliances. Call it water. Call it plumbing, whatever, uh, and stick there. Uh, Ian, I will tell you, this has been a lot of fun. I I enjoy having these kind of conversations with people. And I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate the fact you're going to get this information out there um, and probably save somebody from being sued, probably help somebody, you know, really get through their inspection reports faster. And, and by the way, I never wanted to do this whole report blueprint thing. And I said, I teach marketing. Uh, and my daughter, she said, does uh, Walt Disney... Uh, consider the maintenance, uh, keeping the parks clean as maintenance, or does he consider it marketing? Yeah. And I went, okay, so your report is marketing. Your report is marketing. And I think we covered a lot of that today. So cool. Mike, always awesome to have you on. Uh, decades of experience. And as you mentioned, I hope I hope this podcast helps people out. And 
uh, I'm on board. So thank you very much for being on. Hey, I'm looking forward to it. And I, I hope that a lot of folks uh, find us and uh, uh, come and see you and I at uh, my next conference uh, uh, and uh, in February. And of course, they can go to coachblueprint.com slash mission uh, and find out more about that. And, and uh, I look forward to you and I maybe being able to help some people there as well. That sounds like fun. Thanks, Mike. All right. Thank you. On behalf of myself, Ian, and the entire ITB team, thank you for listening to this episode. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you can catch our future episodes as well. And if you have any feedback, please send us an email at info at Also, don't forget to check out our brand new app for home inspectors, scheduling and report writing all in one easy to use app. Check it out now at inspectortoolbelt.com. The views and opinions of this podcast and its guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Inspector Toolbelt and its associates.